Well, hello. Happy New Year. It's January 3rd, 2021, and you are listening to Season 2, Episode 1 of The Fractured Brain. I welcome you. My name is Jimmy P. Brown II, and um, I started this podcast about... Uh, I think it was uh, during the spring of last year. Uh, don't know the exact dates. I know I started it last year. Uh, it was mainly for my, my my patrons to enjoy. I didn't really want it out there, but a lot of the cat's out of the bag. So, uh, And we've been getting listeners um, all over the place. So uh, I guess people just... Uh, felt the urge and the need to share, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, let people know about it. And uh, so, what do we have today? Well, it was a strange New Year's. Uh, I I just did uh, the ABC show this morning with uh, Alan Aguirre and Eric Clayton, you know, uh, just in case you don't know. It's a bi-weekly show. that um, myself, Alan Aguirre, uh, who sang for a scattered few, of course, and uh, Spyglass Blue, Ministry Walking, uh, Ministries Walking. Um, he's done a lot, uh, a lot of wonderful stuff, and uh, he's he's an incredible uh, hero and to me, and and not only that, but he's a friend and. Um, and he's a great author. He's author, uh, authored three wonderful books thus far, and he's working feverishly on his next set. So he's he's doing well. And of course, uh, Eric Clayton um, of Savior Machine fame, and now Eric Clayton and the Nine uh, doing his solo his solo band. Um, much like myself, you know, if I've had um, my pro- projects as well. Um, Fearful Symmetry and uh, Jupiter 6. Um, but, uh, you know, my main claim to fame was Deliverance. And, and, um, <clears throat> and of course, now I've, I've got my, my solo band. And I'm doing that now. So, and I'm very much enjoying it. Um, which is what Patreon is all about. Uh, Patreon is, is basically enabling me to be able to continue to make the art, uh, make the work. Um, I won't spend too much of this this broadcast uh, catching you guys all up, but uh, I, just to, to briefly summarize it, um, after moving here a few years ago to Las Vegas, uh, was... Um, Having a, a sub-series of blackouts, and uh, they, they thought uh, maybe I was having neurological issues. Uh, and it turned into uh, just hearkening back to several years of, um, of uh, emotional and, and, dare I say, mental issues uh, that I've just not dealt with uh, head-on. Um, I'd had a couple of breakdowns in my life, uh, one when I was very young, and uh, then another uh, in my uh, mid-twenties, and uh, then after that, I just buried myself into work, and uh, just work, 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 and, 
you know, I, I thought I was doing the right thing, you know, just, you know, providing for my family, but I, I buried myself so much into work that uh, I, I just, at one point, it took actually a death in the family and me being forced to take time off um, to attend the funeral, travel out of state, um, and to sit across the breakfast table with my children and realize I had no idea what was going on in their lives. <clears throat> they were doing and doing and living things that I was completely unaware of, and it was all because um, it was work, work, work. Uh, in some strange way, our bayat mocked fry, uh, work will make you free. <laughs> the, something that was written on the walls of the concentration camps in Germany. Uh, somehow, some way, kind of became an adaptation to my life, and uh, this is what my life became. And uh, I just felt it was the only way to prove myself, I guess, after uh, my time with Deliverance was over. Because, you know, people think that Deliverance continued, and Deliverance officially disbanded in, in 1996. And uh, every resurgence has been just a resurgence for a moment. They've been little snapshots in time, but there's not been a band. There's not been an actual existence of deliverance since 1996. That was the last of the full-time band. Um, and like I said, little resurgence here and there, you know, first with the Assimilation album in 2001, uh, then um, concerts here and there. Then we did As Above, So Below. Um, and then Hear What I Say, which was supposed to be the last record. And then, of course, Subversive Kind um, came. And uh, all in between, I was doing Fearful Symmetry, and I released two albums, um, uh, The Sad Veil of Tears and A Loss of Balance. And then I had released uh, a, a record called Back from Mars, by Ju and it was Jupiter 6. So, of course, those, those were not bands. They were, they were just simply names that I'd come up with um, to kind of hide myself. Um, and uh, initially, you know, Fearful Symmetry was supposed to be Peter Braun, not me. Uh, and then Peter Braun just kind of took on the role in uh, Jupiter 6. Um, finally, just uh, put that away for the second release, and I'll get to that in a second. But uh, that that realization in 2013, when I sat across, um, like I said, the breakfast table there in Michigan, uh, talking to my, my kids and talking with my wife and just realized that yeah, I had been a success at what I was doing for money, but uh, I, I was a failure uh, as a, a husband, a father, a friend. Uh, and I, uh, we just decided to move to California. And part of it was, uh, kind of a, a grasp at straws, you know, to try to uh, recapture that part of ourselves again, uh, since, you know, that's where Helen and I grew up was Southern California, 
Of course, Southern California was just way, way too expensive. So we moved to the kind of crappier parts of Southern California. <laughs> very nice house, actually. Very nice neighborhood. But uh, we lived in a place called San Jacinto, and, uh, which is right next door to Hemet. All retirement community, but uh, pretty much now occupied by ex-jailbirds and meth labs popping up all over the place. Um, and to get to any real city, you'd have to drive about 40 minutes uh, towards Temecula, which is uh, on the northern end of the uh, northern tip of San Diego, California. You just go over the hill right there, and then you're in North 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 uh, County, San Diego. But um, strange place, strange time, and it should have been a time of regathering and healing, and it wasn't. Um, and part of it was that I was—I just kept struggling with myself, and I, I kept struggling to, um, you know, because the first time in my life now I, I actually had a savings account. Uh, you know, people think that you know Deliverance uh, made a lot of money, and and, and you know, Deliverance made uh, me a very tiny, tiny living. Um, it, it, a living nonetheless, but it was it, it it was but it was a very tiny amount of money that uh, I was getting from record sales and uh, promoters, you know, constantly stiffing us and you know all in the name of you know Christianity and Christ and you know I mean I, you know I won't get into all of that. Those of you who've been following my career know what it was like, and we had the pay you and pizza tours, and you know people agreeing to pay you a thousand dollars and you show up and there's a thousand seats filled, and they charge twenty dollars a head, and they hand you a bag of candy and say, "This is all we can give you because you know uh you know we had to pay for lights and sound and security, and we we didn't know and uh sorry we didn't you know because we you know we didn't ask for money up front, we always you know had faith in our good Christian brothers and sisters and these promoters uh, uh, that, that claimed to be such and never took care of you. And uh, there, there, were, there were a lot of those that did, but there were, trust me, there was a greater amount that didn't and, and, and practiced the art of deception. And it's just a, it's a shame that it, it uh, was the way it was, but when it came to its uh, end, it came to its end. And it's um, what it was. And there was a lot of reflection on that because um, people didn't realize, over, especially over the last year, um, just with uh, having to work on the Camelot record. Um, and I, I don't mean to say it that way in the sense of having to work on the Camelot record. And plus, I'm skipping ahead of the story. So let, let me try to wrap this up real quick. So I... I I just couldn't come to grips with uh, having lost my job. And, you know, I, I kept getting hired at all these different casinos in California. I mean, and for huge salaries. And But then I couldn't get my gaming license in, in the state of California. And, and, and it was aggravating. And, uh, you know, I, 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 it just didn't make sense. I had a gaming license in Las Vegas. I had a gaming license in Atlantic City. In Texas, in uh, Alabama, and uh, you know all these different states, because you know if I was there doing business uh, uh, for the casino I was working with, whatever, I, you have to apply for a state gaming license, and I was always approved. But for whatever reason, I couldn't get approved in uh, in uh, 
California, my home state. And uh, it took a lot of uh, wielding and doing crooked things to try to finally find out. And I, and I did. I, I got a hold of a gaming investigator and I found out exactly why. And it was uh, a ridiculous BS excuse. But nonetheless, it kept me from um, getting a job. And rather than move back to Las Vegas, which that was my first inclination, um, and to just get back into the industry here, um, my life took another turn. And my wife and I began a soap business. She was making these organic soaps. And, um, and we were at a rocky place in our relationship after those uh, first almost four years in Alabama. And uh, so we were on the mends with that and the company and, and trying to work together. And actually, a lot of cool things came about. We ended up with some contracts and, and uh, Helen was starting to get some notoriety. She was um, making a decent amount of money per month. I mean, it was fantastic. Not enough to live in California, but uh, certainly enough to live elsewhere. Uh, so if we had just moved to Nevada, if we had moved to Arizona or something, there was a possibility for, um, for, for certainly for us to be able to further the career of, um, the Lavender Soap Company. And, um, in a point of desperation, I, I went back to my old casino. They had called me and offered me an, a job again and, uh, and I took it. And, but right before I signed the contracts, I got an opportunity to go to a studio, uh, out in Alabama, which, um, quite frankly, was probably the most grandiose mistake of my life. Um, and, um, I ended up in basically three years of isolation there. And, uh, cause the, the, the bottom line was, is it didn't matter how much PR I did. It didn't matter how much, uh, marketing I had done. It didn't matter how many great recordings I was, you know, pumping out of that studio. Uh, you know, I couldn't get anybody, but, you know, uh, local acts to book an hour or two a month. And, uh, you know, so this unbelievable, beautiful, ridiculously uh, I mean, great sounding, great looking, uh, just wonderful recording studio sitting in the middle of Podunk, Alabama, um, was like not getting any business and, and it was a tragedy. And like I said, I, I, it was isolation because I was there my, by myself 80 to 90% of the time. And, uh, just led to some bad time, bad, bad, uh, bad things and, and facing a lot of personal demons. And, uh, because I missed making money. I missed, um, I missed having stability. I missed, you know, having, you know, all those things that, you know, we deem as important and we deem as, um, you know, vital to the human experience, which is, you know, a 401k, you know, a savings account, uh, enough money to spare for whatever necessities or emergencies that come up, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield and uh, medical insurance. And, uh, you know, again, all these things that, you know, uh, 
if you're a human being, you're supposed to have, and and we're taught this, and and um, I, I I missed not having that, and um, it brought me to a bad place, and uh, that's where a lot of the anguish, the mental uh, uh, anguish started, the emotional anguish started, and it started to take its toll on uh, me physically, and I became ill. Um, uh, Ended up with uh, some incredibly strange autoimmune issues uh, that led me to have surgery, and, and now with no insurance and no way to pay for it and everything else. So just, it just, uh, it, it, it led down a very strange, strange path of, um, of the first two years after having left Alabama and a good job and a career and everything else. Um, and now three years here back in Alabama. So now this five years strange trip for me and uh, for my wife, and and so I just said, you know, let's let's just go, let's leave. And in fact, it, it, by the advice of one of my doctors, because uh, you know, every time I went to the doctor, there was just something new, and I just got so sick of it and started crying. The doctor asked me, you know, why and what's going on with you, and I explained, and and uh, you know, he he was very kind, just told me go home, uh, you know, you're not from here. You know, go home to where you 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 belong, and 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 you know, and and, uh, and regather yourself, man. And uh, I took that advice, and and, uh, and you know, universe made it happen for me. God opened the doors, and just friend after friend after friend, uh, when we were we were at our brokest, made it possible for us to escape and to leave. And uh, we left. Came back to Las Vegas, and we first was with a, a brief stop in California. Uh, we were there for a few weeks at my mom's, and then uh, found a place here. And um, got right back into the industry. Uh, was offered a gig, took it. It was cool. It was you know kind of getting my feet wet here in Vegas again, out of after being out of gaming for five years. And um, then I got offered an even better job within the first three months, went to that gig and started having these strange blackouts. And that's kind of where my journey began with Patreon and everything else, because now uh, I'm under therapist care and, and they're deeming me unable to work and uh, but I can't get unemployment. I can't get FMLA, you know, family medical leave. Uh, I can't get, uh, uh, disability insurance, (laughs) you name it. I, you know, all those years of putting into the system and I, I, and I couldn't get a damn thing. (laughs) And, uh, it was, it was quite remarkable. And, uh, I, I, I just uh, didn't know what to do, and I had a, a lovely friend out in uh, out in England, and she uh, she created a Patreon page for me, and said, you know, 
you have a fan base, you have people who love you, you have people that, if it weren't for your music, you know, me included, um, their lives wouldn't be the same. And I'm sure they will give back to you. I'm sure they would want to help you. And I said, absolutely not. I don't beg for money. I am not going to plead for money. I am not. And she's like, you're not begging and pleading for money. Do you know the history of the heritage that you belong to, the class of people you belong to? Because she is, herself is an artist. And uh, she's not a recording artist, but she's an artist. And um, she says, you know, the heritage and the class of heritage that, of, of people that you belong to as an artist always had to have patrons. Because, you know, it wasn't until, you know, the, the latter part of the, um, you know, the, 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 the mid or early to mid or late 1800s, early mid 1900s, when when actually artists started to make money uh, from their art. Otherwise, their art was kind of deemed worthless. It was enjoyed, but it was deemed worthless. Artists were always poor. Hence the name Starving Artist. That's why it always, you know, preceded the name Artist. Starving. Because um, that's just the way it was. And um, then things changed over the years. But we're, we're, it's like she explained to me, you know, we're kind of back at that now. Um, and I, I was just very against it. I didn't, it didn't make sense to me. And, um, but, you know, lo and behold... If it weren't for the 80 uh, some odd patrons that I have right now. And it didn't start that way. Uh, you know, I had maybe six patrons for the first six months. <laughs> and then it grew. Uh, as I began to cause more, ex more exposure to it. And and then with great people um, that, uh, that are on my Patreon list. That, that just started spreading the word themselves. People would just help. And, and, uh, you know, a lot have come, a lot have gone, uh, and my, I have a solid core that stay with me no matter what. And I love you all. Um, because if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be able to keep my lights on. I wouldn't be able to make the music. I wouldn't be able to be working on these projects that, that touch your lives. And that means everything to me. And, uh, so over the course of the last few years, I've just been working and getting my mental health back, getting my emotional health back, trying to rediscover myself, my spirituality, my wife, my kids. Uh, my girls are, are gone. Our son lives with us still. But my girls are, you know, living their lives now. And in fact, uh, my youngest daughter had her first child. So she's really living her life now. And so I, I just really, uh, I was scared. I was scared and my patrons helped me. And I will be ever grateful for that because uh, you guys helped me through so much. And like I said, uh, you know, it, it, living, you know, going from six-figure salaries and, and everything else, uh, you know, everything I'd spent 15, 16 years building in the casino world after deliverance uh, back to starving artist was very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. 
and uh, but it's been a long road and now 2021 and I'm going on year eight that I have not been in the industry and um, I have to say I feel quite liberated um, but what a strange time 2020 was and you know, in so many words, the best way to say it is good riddance to it. You know, I think the one true great thing that came out of 2020 was that more pe more people got to spend time with their families. And maybe they get, maybe that's what the point was to realize the importance of family. Sure, we can go into the, the nitty gritties of, you know, launched viruses and chemical warfare and, 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 you know, massive plots and conspiracies and global domination. And, you know, maybe all that's true too. But the one good thing that did come out of it was the fact that we did spend time with our families and those that we were close with. And it made us more aware of those that were alone and that are alone and to maybe give to them and spend more time communicating and staying in touch with them. And it's just been a remarkable and a very strange year. And I really hope that, because um, that's all we can do, right, is hope that 2021 will um, just change uh, our course and our direction to put our visions and sights and align them together for those to, uh, to be prosperous but to never forget their families never forget those that are important I know in my family and those very very close to me uh, we suffered losses uh, my best friend Kev lost uh his father, and, uh, you know, I, of course, lost my mother. And uh, I've spoken to so many friends uh, this year that just lost loved ones. And uh, we don't know if it was to this. I, I, I didn't lose my mother to COVID, but um, I, I, you know, I didn't. I don't know with all the others, but... I think what's most important is that we just treasure and value that which we have left. Even if it's us by ourselves, then we value and love and honor that time with ourselves, that thing with ourselves, you know, you know, to, to quote that, that wonderful quote from the poem, you know, to not, you know, to, to live, uh, what, what is the line to not, not live ferociously, but to, to live purposely. I don't know if that's the exact term. It's fading from my mind right now, but basically it's having come to the place when you die and realized you hadn't lived. I don't want that. Oh, went to the woods to live deliberately. That's what it says. You know, and 
you know, and that's the way we've got to approach this now. We have to take every single day and hold on to it. Hold on to it like that little creature from the Lord of the Rings, you know, and, 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 and uh, you know, and that ring is just my precious. <laughs> you know, we have to look at every single day like that and call it my precious. <laughs> Because uh, it really is a gift. It really is a gift. Because, you know, if you're in your 20s and your 30s, you don't get it. You don't get it when uh, people in their 50s and their 60s tell you it just gets, it it starts going by faster and faster. Because, you know, when you're young, you're just like, God, you know, I mean, you're 16 and you can't wait to be 20. And then when you're 20, you can't wait to be 30. And, and, and it's like, you don't understand it when people in their fifties and sixties and seventies are looking at you and saying, God, enjoy your lives right now. Because it does, it all of a sudden comes. And then before you know it, you're 50, you're 60, you're looking at your life and you're you're looking back and going, what happened? That The last 10 years just like zoomed by. What in the world just happened? And it really it starts to do that. And, um, you know, you got to just enjoy it. You just got to enjoy it. And I understand, you know, money is so important to make the world go round and but it's not that important that you let it control you. You know, I love that philosophy of, of, you know, working to live, not living to work. And that's really gotta be what we are and who we are. So the fractured brain came to you, the listener, as a result of, uh, the way I felt, I felt like I was always falling, you know, that feeling of, uh, you know, you, you know what it's like, you're walking and then all of a sudden that, uh, that, 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 when you fall, that, that terrible feeling of when you fall, you know, because you lose balance, whatever causes the loss of balance, whatever causes it, it doesn't matter. And the fall itself is over in a second, but if it could be played in slow-mo, it just seems like it would be forever. And it's an ugly and a horrible feeling to lose your balance and to fall and to know that that fall's going to hurt. And uh, that's why I wrote that song. Feels like I'm always falling because that's what it's felt like for the last seven years for me. And, um, and having that loss of balance. And I just... Uh, I'm determined to turn that around. I want to just make the best art possible and uh, do things for um, for for my patrons that uh, will make you happy, make you proud, and um, proud to back me, proud to be a part of me. And like I said, there are those that have come and gone, and I understand why they come and gone, you know. Uh, Some people, their financial situation changes. Um, Other people, you know, they they just 
are flat out very open and honest with you. I wanted you, I thought you were doing speed metal and blah, blah. And, and it's like, wow, really? You know, after all these years, you, you, you really thought I was doing a Patreon so I can make speed metal. It's like, okay, all right. Um, other people, oh, you know, you're, you're, you're doing secular cover songs. I can't believe it. And it's like, music is music. And, um, that, that's, I'm just doing music. And, uh, you know, and, and the songs that I do choose uh, are actually suggested by my patrons. So uh, it's kind of strange to hear people complain and get upset. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I want, uh, you know, I, I try to do these at least once a month. Um, sometimes I'll get on a spurt and do, you know, once a week, sometimes you'll get some, uh, you know, bam, boom, bam. I'll do three in a month or three in a week. And then all of a sudden just two months pass and then I'll get back on it. But I really am trying to make a schedule where I, I stay on top of all of this. And, uh, you know, Camelot, um, thankfully is, 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 uh, in its uh, preparation stages for its end, because it's gone through so many different edits and so many different uh, reworks, and um, and uh, but it's it's pretty much near what I wanted it to be. I I already knew that, um, you know, as many of my patrons have heard me say, um, you know. Uh, if I'm 85% happy, then I'll release something. Um, and, uh, but it's rare for me to ever even get to that 85%. And, uh, it's just, just, it's just who I am. But, uh, Camelot's as close to a 90 as it, it's going to get. So, uh, there's a few things that I, I would love to go back and change, but I think, uh, overall it came out pretty darn cool. Um, it's getting a lot of great reviews, so... I uh, can't wait for it to get in first the crowdfunder's hands, and then it's going to be available for commercial sale through uh, um, Retroactive Records. So, Well, uh, I have taken plenty of your time today, and I just wanted to, uh, again, just um, welcome you. And uh, like I said, the cat's been out of the bag now. Because uh, this was initially started for 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 uh, my patrons, and and actually, uh, I got one letter or one email that was that was quite funny because they just said they they happened to be on Spotify and they entered Jimmy P Brown the second to pull up my playlist of music and to see if I'd added any new singles. And then they saw the fractured brain, so they got excited and they're like, "Oh, that's a cool title for a song," and they popped it in and then they saw it was a podcast <laughs> so, uh so maybe uh it wasn't so much that it was spread by word as it's a lot of times uh things just happen by accident but um you know i want definitely as many people to enjoy these as as possible uh you can go back and to listen to season one and um but uh this was just kind of catching you up a little as to how, why, what, and where, and, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll just take it from here, 
and uh, let's trek on to uh, see what 2021 is going to bring uh, to our lives, um, for our lives. You know, you know, Helen and I were talking just a little while ago. We were texting each other. She was at lunch, and uh, she wanted to see. Um, and she's making sure, are you working on music? And I'm like, yes, I am. And, uh, and then she, you know, we were just talking a little bit about change. And, uh, you know, we just, we realize, you know, that there is something coming. There is something different in the air. Some, a new thing. And I don't feel a doom and gloom. I don't feel a conspiratorial. I'm not talking a conspiratorial type of thing. I'm talking a... Uh, something good, a good change is coming. I just don't know what it is, and uh, I'd like it. I'd like to think it for the world, and but maybe it's just us. I don't know. Um, maybe for me and Helen, maybe what we're gonna go through and what we're gonna do. And but um, New Year's Eve was strange. It was not um, not at all what I wanted it to be um, because it was just us three and then I realized it was exactly what I wanted it to be I just I guess I would have enjoyed all of us being together you know all my my, my kids and all of us to lift a, a glass of champagne and welcome in 2021 but that wasn't this year and it was more of a saying goodbye rather than welcoming 2021, it was really more of a saying goodbye to 2020 because along with it, you know, saying goodbye to family and friends and and yeah. So, all right, guys. So enjoy. I hope you um, really, really do uh, enjoy the season two of the fractured brain and uh with that god bless you guys and we'll see you next time the next episode when it happens jimmy be around the second out take care